guys. Welcome back to the No Season 2 podcast where Megan and myself, your good friend George Payton Gordon III, rewatch TV shows that only lasted one season. We are at episode 12 of My So-Called Life. Lots to unpack here, Megan. Before we get into this heavy, heavy, kind of awesome episode, let's do a little housekeeping. How are you? I haven't talked to you in two weeks. I'm good. I got bit by... <laughs> I don't know what it is, like a mosquito, and it's like expanding on me. It started out not this big, and then it's just like taken over <laughs> my arm. So I don't if know. Listeners can see my face. It's not. Um... <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It, I'm trying not to scratch it because it itches, and cortisone ten is not strong enough. I need cortisone five hundred, which they just wow. say. <laughs> But other than that, I'm good. Maybe I'll turn. Maybe this is like what gives me kind of like superpowers. I'm I come like instead of like Spider Man, I'm like Mosquito Woman. <laughs> oh, this is your origin story. Yeah, this is my origin story. <laughs> and then do you know like a like a relative has to die or somebody you care about has to die? So hopefully it's not me. <laughs> not until well, the end of the podcast. <laughs> not until the end of the podcast. I mean, I don't leave people hanging. <laughs> I don't mind dying. Just wait till we rec- finish all our episodes. Yeah. How are you? I- I'm I'm good. I uh, I went to the U.S. Open, which is why I'm wearing this hat. Uh, <laughs> I-, I love tennis, and that was kind of fun. And I have I feel like I have stuff going on every night from now until the end of my life, which is will come after the end of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like I feel like I'm just always busy. No, I've I- I've been getting to some concerts, which is kind of rad. Saw The Pretenders since the last time I saw you. Nice. It's kind of neat. Um, uh, saw a few other bands and um, getting all swinging thing of fall. And, uh, fall? Not with this fall. weather. <laughs> oh, not with this weather. This weather's <laughs> awful. This It's like too hot. I went for a walk last night at like eight and it felt like I was suffocating. In, in is that energy. great? I, I, really was telling, I was telling the other bartender last night. I was like, why didn't you tell me my face was glistening? <laughs> I feel so gross. Speaking of glistening faces, that's a good way to segue into our new episode. Episode 12, Self-Esteem, original air date, November 17th, 1994. And uh, before you get into the synopsis, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Okay. I said last week, Life of Brian was the best episode so far. Mm-hmm. Strike that. <laughs> Self-Esteem is the best episode so far. Megan, tell the listeners what we just saw. Okay. I mean, this episode is, I would say, there's a lot of teen, like, high school stuff going on, which is what I think we have wanted from this show. Mm-hmm. So, we're we're in it. I did a lot of shouting at my TV when I watched this. A lot of, like, oh, my God. So, it's it's a lot. We sort of pick up from the previous episode life of Brian at the end where Jordan and Angela are outside at the dance and he tells Angela that he likes the way she is, whatever that means to him. Angela and Jordan are sort of now at a place in their relationship, air quotes, relationship where they're meeting in the school's boiler room to make out. This is mainly because Jordan doesn't want his friends finding out about Angela and is telling her to keep it a secret. So off to a great start, these two. These boiler room adventures are causing Angela to miss her geometry review class before the midterm. So she's not, she got a 58 on that last quiz and... 
As we all know, 58 is not a passing grade. Rayanne no, and Sharon, in an example of putting differences aside um, in the name of girl power, confront Angela in the girl's bathroom to express their distaste for the way Jordan is treating her. Angela lies about Jordan telling her to keep their relationship a secret and says he invited her to a Buffalo Tom concert, which is not true. He did not invite her. At the concert, Jordan ignores her and she is obviously upset and she leaves. His exact words were, you're crowding me. Rayanne tells Jordan off for his behavior and says Angela won't wait around for him forever, which are we sure about that? Uh, the next day at school, Angela meets Jordan in the boiler room after he leaves a note in her locker where he spelled her name wrong. And she tells him that he can't treat her one way in front of his friends and another way in the boiler room. We also get a replacement for the English teacher, Mrs. Mayhew, who may or may not be dead. We we never got closure on what happened to her. Um, Mr. Katimsky, he keeps calling Ricky Enrique, and he hounds him to join the drama club. Graham finally starts this cooking class that Patty signed him up for and meets a woman that he describes to Patty as loud and obnoxious. The teacher, Stefan Dieter, uh, is an alcoholic and keeps missing class, causing Graham to be less than enthusiastic about it. Patty thinks he wants to quit or is not doing well in the class. Eventually, <laughs> Stefan Dieter goes to rehab, and the loud and obnoxious woman um, that Graham does definitely not have a crush on says that he should teach the class and he gets the job. Is he getting paid for this? Did he get a refund on that tuition? That is not a question that got answered for me. Um, at the end of the episode, Mr. Katimsky is reading Shakespeare's sonnet 130 to his English class. And this poem is so powerful. It causes Jordan's brain to start working. And he realizes that he likes Angela enough to hold her hand in the hallway. I also think the poem causes Brian to realize he's in love with Angela. Finally, I don't know. Ricky does end up signing up for the drama club. And he adds his name to the sign-up sheet as Enrique instead of Ricky. So already this English teacher is changing lives we got a replacement for mr racine in the changing lives mm -hmm. department so i think that covers that covers the episode it does uh great job i'm gonna give you some production notes uh about the episode it is written by winnie holzman as we know is the the showrunner and uh head writer of this show and is directed by michael engler and michael engler you can obviously tell that there's a different kind of feeling this episode mm -hmm. because one is super well acted. That's yeah. huge. And two, it's like some of the shots are kind of amazing. And I did some research about Michael Engler and Michael Engler is a, I don't know if it's legendary TV uh, director or filmography, but he has a lot of stuff that he's done. So 94, he does this episode of My So-Called Life. The next year or the next few years, he does 15 episodes of Party of Five. Mm. He directs his episodes for New York News, uh, Chicago Hope, Time of Your Life in 99. Once again, 2000, directed an episode of The West Wing. A few episodes of Six Feet Under. A few episodes of Sex in the City. As we make, make our ways up through the 2000s, he's directed several episodes of 30 Rock. And a couple episodes of Parenthood. Several episodes of The Big C. Um, my point is, he directed an episode of Downtown Abbey, several episodes of Downtown Abbey. I'm breaking with Kimmy Schmidt. My point is, is like, this seems to be an auteur that directed this episode. And you can kind of clearly tell because the acting performances were really, really good. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've researched and found out, 2009 TV guy ranked this episode number 44 on the list of 100 greatest episodes. Was Life of Brian ranked number 37? I think this one's like ranked after. after but that was on a list from 1997. Okay. We're ranking so it above, is, I think. 
we're ranking this episode above, but yeah, this the ranking that I just mentioned is from 12 years ago. As a whole, now, I mean, I've pretty much told you what I think. Before we get into the new characters that we've got introduced to, what did you think of this episode? I liked this episode. I liked the connections between the characters a lot better in this episode. I liked the scene with Sharon and Rayanne in the bathroom where... Sharon is asking Rayanne what's going on with Jordan and Angela. And Rayanne's kind of like, do you want like Angela's version or do you want? And Sharon says something like, I want the version based in reality (laughs) kind of thing. So I don't know. A lot of that has been missing for me sort of in previous episodes, sort of the Mm -hmm. connections between the characters. And it was nice to not have so much focus on um, like Graham and Patty We get a little bit of it, but it's not, you know, half of the episode like we've been getting before. So, yeah, it is like the the B storylines felt more like a C Mm storyline. In fact, um, the Graham and Patty stuff is in essence is only really about 10 minutes of screen time. You get a bunch of the kids in this episode, which I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, because because even though Graham's kind of a loser, I only got like a minute of it, which is kind of (laughs) nice. We're going to get get into Graham's performance (laughs) here in a little bit. Uh, I want to talk to you about some of the new characters we got introduced to. Starting off with our new English teacher, Richard Kotemski, played by Jeff Perry. Kind of a kind of an interesting uh, role. I like the way he played it. Of course, the big question is when you're watching that episode: Is Mr. Kotemski gay? <laughs> so, when he gets introduced, um, the math teacher that had been filling in for the English for the English class is talking mm-hmm. to him and. Then the science teacher comes over and they're like, oh, he's so cute. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's, I don't know. Can we date outside of where we're working, please? Like, you know, and then when she comes into the classroom to finish their conversation, I was like, I really don't need this storyline in terms of like like a teacher's flirting. Like, I don't need it at all. But then I think they use it to like imply that he's gay. Or like give wink, wink at us that he's that he's gay because then he like runs he goes to you know try and get Ricky to, for like the third time to sign up for drama club and the science teacher sees um, the math teacher is like oh what happened and then the math teacher is like oh I'm I am I embarrassed myself so badly and it's like did you I don't, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I think that's the only part of the episode I feel like is a bit of a misstep because it is. Somebody you work with is like Miss Lerner is coming out coming out hard. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you just met the guy. And like, I mean, average looking. Like, are we? Like, are there no other men in this town? They're all like, they're all at Liberty High. Like, we don't. Can we get? Can we venture out, ladies? But it was also weird that when he went off to try and get Ricky to like sign up. That's when she was like, Oh, I made a I made a fool of myself. And I was like, are we implying something else? Which I didn't like. Yeah. Because that no, felt I mean, a little like, like a, mm. <laughs> it, it was shoehorned into a point where like uh, the, I, I felt embarrassed to even ask that question. But like I think that's what the writers are definitely trying to go for. It's like could this could this teacher be may I don't know. It's wildly inappropriate yeah. uh, for from the teacher. And it's wildly like irresponsible as a writer to write it like that. That's mm-hmm. the only part of the episode I was kind of like, man, that's silly. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't know. Can we not? Can we not? Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. We don't, it doesn't have to be that way. No. We also get introduced to a couple new class members. I'm mm-hmm. not sure 
Oh, actually, so we, we get introduced to two class members. Uh, Troy, played by uh, Craig Kurtwood, and uh, just such a, a strange name, but I, I'm not really sure what they were going for. Absinia Churchill, mm-hmm. Sin, played by uh, Karen Molina White. I do like the fact that we do get some introduce to some new characters. And there's something that happened in the episode I thought was actually kind of interesting. Is uh, Sin, Absinia. Mm-hmm. The young, uh, the young black girl pretending not to do well in a test to to impress uh, to impress uh, Troy or Craig Kirkwood. It was parallel to Angela, who's failing, <laughs> failing this class because she's spending all her time in the boiler room making out with mm-hmm. someone who can't string a sentence together, and then Absinia is got a 98 on her test and is telling Troy that she got a 60 so she can go to review the review class to hang out with him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it made me a little, it made me it's, sad because it's like, really? Again, I say, are there other boys <laughs> in, this, in this town? Is there a rival high school that we can like start <laughs> going to, to find potential boyfriends or mates? Well, I think it's like, uh, I think that's one of the things that made this episode actually a little bit more authentic than some of the other episodes is like, mm-hmm. that's something you would definitely see in high school is like a, a girl, a girl dumbing to not herself be a down to. Yeah. To, to, <laughs> that, that's something you would see. Um, um, Troy, played by uh, Craig Kirkwood, ends up becoming uh, not famous, but he's in a very famous Disney movie. He's, in, he's Reg in Remember the Titans. Mm. I remember watching I was watching it. Like I was movie. like, I know that guy from somewhere. It's not, it's got your boyfriend in it. So. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Gosling. (laughs) Got your boyfriend, Ryan Gosling, in it. And then uh, Absidia Churchill, played by Karen Melina White, goes on to, she's on a character on The Cosby Show a few years later, but she's also a character in the new uh, Jeffrey Dahmer movie that was on Netflix. I didn't finish it. I'm I'm not watching that shit, so. (laughs) Completely all out. We also get introduced to another new character, and that is Shane. And uh, Shane is Jared Leto's like <laughs> kind of buddy, <laughs> bit of a tough hang. Yeah, Shane's not my favorite. Uh, and Shane is oddly enough played by Shannon Leto, which is uh, Jared Leto's younger brother. I someone worse than Jordan, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. There's what was funny to me was when Ray, Ray and Sharon and Angela show up to this Buffalo Tom concert is it a concert or is it just kind of like they showed up and were performing at a place where people play pool but shane is like oh there's there's rayanne graf and that weird girl she hangs out which which is angela out of the two of them i would yeah. think rayanne is more weird than angela but that's oh, a thousand percent a thousand percent um uh we do get another appearance by uh chuck which is the grandfather oh. And his uh, one scene that he's in, I found him very, very amusing because he just, he just destroys Graham. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a squeaky floorboard and he says to Patty, where's Mr. Fix-It? <laughs> Which, uh, and then the interesting thing is, is he tells Patty, you know what you, you need? And Patty goes, a marriage counselor? <laughs> And then he says a headhunter to like find grandma a job. So clearly Patty knows that this relationship is 
circling the drain. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because we're going to end this uh, new characters, uh, an old characters conversation with Hallie Lowenthal, played by uh, Lisa Waltz. And uh, that is the uh, obnoxious woman that Graham is clearly attracted to in the the cooking class. This is a character that we we know for a fact we're going to see going forward. What did you think of Hallie Lowenthal? Not a, a little strong in this class. A little strong. Also, I get, okay, I get being in a class, you're an adult, you're like trying to learn something, you're trying to better yourself. And the teacher's not showing up and it's awkward sitting there quietly. But she was doing the most Mm -hmm. trying to get people to, to talk. And then... Her interactions with Grant, she has a fiance. The reason she's in this cooking class is because her fiance hates her cooking, which I say to that, sir, you learn how to cook and you make the meals if you have such a problem with her cooking. That that has not aged well at all. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) but she immediately, she's sitting next to Graham. So immediately starts talking to Graham and the whole, I, it's interesting because I think Chuck gets into Patty's head a little Mm -hmm. and this woman gets into, Graham's head because Chuck says to Patty, I'm your father. I think you deserve better. Which not, not so far off there. And then this woman says the, the teacher's like not showing up. He's an alcoholic. <laughs> she says we deserve better. And I think that mm-hmm. clicked for Graham somehow that not only does he deserve better in this class, but he deserves better in his marriage, I think is what they're getting at. And it's like, do you? Does he? So far, he has proven to me that he does not deserve better in his marriage. But that's my opinion. <laughs> now, Patty's like a real trooper. Graham, in the 10 minutes of screen time, is such a massive wet blanket. <laughs> like, he is always in his feelings about something ridiculous. Like, bro, you're unemployed. He comes in and she asks him how the class went. But he's not really saying anything. He's just like, it's, it was strange. He's obnoxious. She's kind of feeding off what she's getting from Graham. And I kind of understand, like, yeah, she could have been a little more excited for him when he said that mm-hmm. he beca- he was offered to be take the teaching job for this cooking class. I do agree. She could have sounded a little more enthused. I don't want to come off. I know I come off like a patty apologist, like every episode. But this is what I'm working with. She could have been a little happier. But he is also just like a massive turd, like not being able to say anything about how the class is going or what he's feeling. And uh, I just like... Yeah, when she said suggests headhunter, he's like, where is this coming from? It's like, you're unemployed, dog. You have no reason to talk about anything. <laughs> I mean, it's coming from the fact not that you on. haven't said one positive thing about the class, I guess, too. No. So... Uh, yeah, how about we just take it down? <laughs> So I know we're going backwards and forwards here on this episode, but what did you think about like the the ramp up of the relationship with Jordan and uh, Angela? They went from like meeting outside to now they're making out in an undisclosed place in the school. Those are some good makeout sessions too. You see kids like, on screen and film like, Ugh. but uh, <laughs> it almost came out of left field a little bit. It did for me because where we leave off is he's just you know I like the way that you are. And I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) Explain to me what that means. And then suddenly there, how did we, how many notes has she gotten in her locker with her name spelled wrong? (laughs) She's still going down into the boiler room. 
He spelled her name with two L's. Which is brutal. I'm trying to think which is more brutal, the misspelling of the name or how he acted at the at the Buffalo Tom performance. I mean... Because they're both the, kind of the, like, ugh. I guess is this na- spelling your name wrong is just adding salt to the wound at that, at that point <laughs> after, after the way he treated her at the Buffalo Tom concert. Granted, she invited herself it's not invited by jordan i don't want to like defend jordan here but she invited herself but the way he acted was so god awful and he rolled he like rolled his eyes when he saw her and then she comes over and is standing there quietly, which is like so awful and like sad. And then he's like, you're crowding me. Oh, oh so cringy. Uh, most of the women that I'm friends with, which is like all the women I'm friends with, would definitely date Jordan Catalano in, in, in high school, even with all his all his douchiness and the rock star vibe. I'm like, you crowd me. <laughs> so like I felt watching that scene, I felt for every woman in my life that has dated the Jordan Catalano types or the Troy from Reality Bites, like those kind of dudes who are like, who are like the musician types are super hot, but not probably kind of dim, but they're secretly like really smart and blah, 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 blah. So I felt all of y'all's pain <laughs> watching that scene in that TV show. It was really, it was like so bad, like really bad. <laughs> I, I really felt bad for Angela, even though she wasn't invited. I really, I really felt, felt bad because after he says that she like turns her back and is still kind of standing there. And then, mm-hmm. and then she's like, about to cry and she leaves and then Sharon runs after her. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, shout out to like the this is a bad guy episode as the most episodes are on this TV show. But <laughs> shout out to the women one? in this episode. Yeah. Like, yeah, because Sharon was like uh ran after her and then like uh ran in one of the few moments that she was a real one went up mm-hmm. to her and she was like, you know you like her. She deserves better than this. It's like, yeah. And I thought that was kind of dope. So yeah, even though they're like, they're kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum of where they at with a friendship. I do like the fact that Sharon and Rayanne were like, that's bullshit. When Rayanne grabbed the pool stick out of Jordan's hands, I was kind of hoping she would beat him with it. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll take what she did, you know, a second best there. Do you want to have the uh, the Buffalo Tom conversation now, or do you want to wait? I think we should do first, before the Buffalo Tom conversation, the 90s reference in the cooking class. The Limbaugh? Yeah. <laughs> when Hallie says to Graham, what do you think of him? And she's talking about Stefan Dieter. And he says, who? And she, she says, Rush Limbaugh over there. <laughs> and she points to... To stuff with you, which I thought was uh, as a '90s person, which was kind of like the I feel like major rise. Unfortunately, I I, I I didn't hate it. I was like, that's kind of amusing. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get we'll get some wicked nods and some shit from the '90s. I'm just kind of like, oh man, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> Nostalgic for Rush, Rush Limbaugh. Limbaugh. Mm. <laughs> didn't Rush Limbaugh in the '90s have like a like a very popular radio show? So like, it oh, was like, he uh, did my. My grandpa would listen to it, but ironically, because he hated Rush Limbaugh, so he would listen to it and shout at it. And I never kind of understood that, but (laughs) that's my experience with Rush Limbaugh. And of course, he died. Boom. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So sad. (laughs) 
There is a, there's like this one really cool shot that I want to talk about that I thought was super awesome. Again, this is like clearly an episode directed by somebody who's like an auteur. I love the shot in which like uh, they're in the kitchen and Patty's talking and you see she's in the the, the background in the foreground as a coffee cup mm-hmm. that Grandma's like making coffee for. Uh, that's a, such a cool shot. That's like something you see in like an indie film, not a TV show on ABC. So I wanted, to, I wanted to shout that part of the episode out too. It's like one of those things where she's trying to get more out of him and he's just, <laughs> I don't know. Do you wonder if it's like if it's written that way or if it's just his performance is that way? Because like he seems to get worse every episode. And I'm like, <laughs> the, the fact he's just so disengaged. Yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of voiceovers in this episode. And I think my oh, I have that in my notes. My favorite voiceover is after she's been brutally ignored by Jordan and it's Sunday and she's watching 60 Minutes. And she says something like, there's something about a Sunday night that makes you want to kill yourself. And I was like, I get that <laughs> as an adult who has Tell to work it. on Monday. <laughs> this is a great voiceover episode. She's watching 60 Minutes and says something about the ticking of the clock on 60 Minutes, like making you contemplate like everything that's wrong in your life or something like that. Right. I mean, remember early on in the episode, she said, boys are less afraid of being wrong. I mean, mm. like, it's it's a great voiceover episode. That's true. I'm wrong all the time. So, yeah, I guess that'd be kind of, well, I am also a boy. So, that, <laughs> not a man, but a boy. <laughs> You're a child. What's that, what's that woman that worked? I'm a child. She called me a child. That's what it was. <laughs> Before we get into categories, I've got a whole portion written out for Buffalo Tom. I've mentioned before we jumped on this recording that I have a prop that I wanted to show you. And that is this right here. Hold on, let me put it in the screen. This cassette tape. Cassette tape. (laughs) Cassette tape of Buffalo Tom, Big Brother Day. The two needle drops in this episode, those two songs are from this album, which is uh, Soda Jerk and uh, Late at Night. And uh, Buffalo Tom, I don't, I don't know if they ever achieved like like a huge success. I was a fan of them in the nineties, as you can tell. I still have a cassette of there. Cassette of theirs, uh, one of the few people who has cassettes. But uh, ninety four, they actually had like a decent little year. This album came out in ninety three. In April of uh, ninety four, they played with Run DMC and Velocity Girl at Rutgers. They toured with a bunch, opening for Counting Crows and uh, the Lemonheads and. Uh, had this been 94, like when this episode aired, they were playing in Cleveland, not very far. I thought, you know, I like to, to look up and see if there's like how close this was. And uh, this is one of the few episodes in which we get a song get played twice. Uh, yeah. You get a live performance of uh, Late at Night. And it's uh, between the scene in which like uh, Angela and Jordan and Jordan's like kind of dissing her. And then you get it at the end, the uh, the, the recorded version of that song when uh, when Jordan holds uh, holds her hand. So. Buffalo Tom was all over the place in this episode, uh, and I'm a big Buffalo Tom fan. I think this I think this episode kind of made them. I don't know if it made them famous, but definitely put them out in the ether as far as like alternative rock bands in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Who was your big loser of this episode? Lot to pick from, by the way. So it's kind of like a tie, and I feel like it might be controversial because at the end, like Jordan did hold their hand, but he's a loser, and his friend Shane also a loser. So they're my. Oh, like, Shane, I, Shane, I think Shane is a huge loser. He's my big loser. I think I hate Shane. I don't care that like at the end, Jordan heard a Shakespeare poem, sonnet, and then was like, oh, I do like her. <laughs> Goes over and like holds her hand. Let the girls 
go to review class for geometry, for her geometry midterm so she does not fail. Leave this girl alone. You're almost an adult. Leave this girl alone. I just Yeah. Your life is already fucked. You just already (laughs) fucked up your life. Don't fuck up hers. I just I he's still a loser to me, regardless of whether or not he's capable of like holding someone's hand in the hallway. I just I Mm -hmm. him and Shane can go can jump off a cliff for me. (laughs) Yeah, I I had a big list of losers, whether it's Jordan, whether it's Krakow. Whether it was, no. um, yeah, crack, crack out, tough hang this episode. This episode, I'm like, we need oh to talk gosh, about crack, crack out, out after you're giving your list of losers. Cause. <laughs> but, but Shane and like the, the two, three scenes that he's in, I'm like, man, this guy came in straight from Loserville and it's just <laughs> cooking right now. I can't, I can't with this fucking guy. So There's yeah, a bus from, from Loserville directly to Liberty High, apparently. <laughs> exactly. So. Shane is my big, big, big loser. Let's talk about Krakow because this is a Krakow had a had a performance out of oh my god, straight okay. out of my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess at some point Angela asks Krakow to explain geometry, congruent triangles to her for this midterm, and he's freaking the fuck out about how like oh it's been so long since I've done geometry and doesn't she know I'm. I have calculus and oh, I'm so smart. So I, there's no indication that he told her, yes, he would help her. And so he and Ricky are talking. Ricky's freaking the fuck out. <laughs> Katimski wanting him to join drama club. He was being a little bit of a drama queen about joining drama club. <laughs> I mean, he was a putting touch, on a, a performance touch. that would indicate he wanted to be in drama club. And then Ricky says, like, oh, are you going to go over to Angela's? And he's like, I guess I'll go on Friday. I don't know if he told Angela that because when he shows up, Angela is at the Buffalo Tom concert. And so on Sunday, Krakow comes to the Chase house and just flips out and yells at Angela about how his life is so hard and he's not allowed to mess up. And it's so easy for you. You can just be insane if you want to. It doesn't matter. And then he leaves his grandma's coming home. And then in the classroom at the end, when the teacher's reading the sonnet, he had a look on his face and I was like, oh, is he getting an erection over this? Because I'm still like traumatized from Life of Brian. And he had that look on his face. But he's hearing this sonnet and I guess real is like, oh, I guess I like like Angela. She's plain and I like her. She's real and like not a fantasy. She's not a blow-up doll that I have in my closet. She's a real girl. He sucks. I yeah, just, he's, he, this is not I a great performance. Also, I don't have children, but if I had a daughter that was Angela's age, and some jerk-off from across the street was yelling at her about some whatever the fuck he was yelling at him, I'd beat his fucking ass. <laughs> Why are you... Why are you yelling at my daughter like that? Daddy's in the house and Graham's about to come in. So somebody had to hear this fucking dillweed yelling, screaming in their house at their daughter. I just. Yeah, no, I thought that was really odd. Both of his parents are therapists or like psychiatrists. Yeah. Get the young man some help. You, You done messed him up. You need to fix him. Krakow's broken. Yeah. Like, I can't. He sucks a lot. So we've done the bad. Let's let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh some good. Let's talk about a winner. Who was your big winner in this episode? My two big winners are uh Rayanne and Sharon. And I didn't think oh! I I didn't think I would ever choose Rayanne as a winner, but oh, here I like we are. That. I like that. 
I like that because uh, they, there was definitely some girl power energy with the two of them, and I think that's kind of rad. Mm-hmm. Before girl power, before Spice Girls made girl power a thing. <laughs> before it was a thing. Because that comes two years later. My big winner, it's easy for me who my big winner is. These guys had two songs in the episode. <laughs> the first time it happened all season. Probably sent them on a stratosphere to like touring like clubs to like maybe doing arenas, whatever. Buffalo Tom is my big winner. We get we get a, we get late at night and we get Soda Jerk, the two big songs off Big Red Letter Day. And me, 30 years later, still still likes Buffalo Tom. So my big winner is Buffalo Tom. Is this a, this is like a first, the first time the music has been the biggest man, winner. They're in the episode. They're in the episode. They get mentioned like, hey, we're going to see Buffalo Tom on Friday. I'm like, man, well, well, well. I wonder what they were thinking when they were, when they were like, hey, we're going to be mentioning you in your in this TV show on ABC. They're like, oh, whatever. That's cool. <laughs> or they were like, oh, man, it's awesome. I bet you there's people to this day, I know for a fact, I know for a fact, people to this day know those two songs because of this episode of television. Mm. So my big winner is Buffalo Tom. Remember, I'd write along with the categories. What was your favorite bit? So I've come around on Sharon. Sharon's outfit at the end of the episode, um, she's wearing like a purplish shirt. And over that is kind of like a mesh flower button up with like sleeves, like kind of like tulip sleeves. And she's wearing like light denim and then a scrunchie half ponytail. And Sharon looked great Mm -hmm. in this episode. She was looking good. So I've come around on your fashion Sharon, we've gone from church lady to, <laughs> to winner of best outfit here. I have one winner and then I have some ones that like Sharon was on my list. So we're not going to mention that because she's already done that. I like Angela's uh, like purple overalls mm. with the uh, black shirt on the Sunday when she's watched 60 Minutes. But that was a very, very cool look. Uh, Hallie Lowenthal is wearing this orange blazer, mm. which is kind of tight in the second ep- second episode of the classroom. But we, he's gotten bashed a little bit on this episode because he is a loser. The whole look that Jordan has at the end with the uh, the mechanic shirt and the the white sleeve with the three buttons. But it's, I'm talking about the look at the end with the coat. Yeah. And the baggy jeans. And late at night is playing and he's walking in slow motion. I mean, that's gotta that's gotta be the winner for me. It's like, it's like I think it's the whole combination of the song, the slow motion, the outfit. The, it's I think I think I think I'm into that one. So that, yeah. that's my that's my uh best I, I have a note for when they're in the boiler room, like the last time they're in the boiler room, and my note is why is he gr- dressed like a gas station attendant? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's in his future. I mean, you're probably not wrong. So, but that was that was a look in the '90s, and he yeah kills it, it in that. Yeah, he kills it in that look. I think we've got over gone over. Can't even talk. I think we've gone over everything. Give me a prediction for the next episode. I know we're gonna we're gonna see where this is going with Jordan and Angela. I think the next episode is like. Meh. I'm curious. I'm more interested, to be honest. I'm more interested in, like, what's going on with Ricky now that he's in drama club. And also, we rushed over the fact that Sharon and Kyle broke up, that Sharon broke up with Kyle. So she must have, yeah, like... Right, right before midterms. Right before midterms. So after the dance, when she realized that he has, like, two functioning Sucks. brain cells, that... <laughs> and when when her dad was, like, in the hospital, he was like, what's happening? So... 
she finally got wise to to Kyle. So it's going to be interesting. Are we going to... I'm worried about Ricky, to be honest. (laughs) I think we're like getting to the point where I need to be worried about Ricky. I mean, drama club's kind of like, you got a target on your back. For, yeah, I mean, he's I, already got a target on his back for being bullied, and then he joins Drama Club, which is like double, <laughs> double target for like teens to be made fun of. Give me, give me Ricky and Drama Club, though. Like, <laughs> I, I'd watch a full season of that. That sounds fucking awesome. He was doing the most when he was. I won't do it because if I did it, it would be offensive. But in the classroom, when the teacher calls him Enrique and then the class is like, oh, Enrique. And then he he does a little bit that I will not do as a white person. But um, he's like little comedy here, a little drama later on impersonating the teacher. It's oddly enough, it's like it's more reasons why if we were to ever reboot this this TV show from the success of our podcast <laughs> the 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 lead would have to be would have to be him yeah uh or a character like him because like it's like think about it like ricky only has like maybe eight minutes of screen time in this episode mm-hmm. and he is crushed on it fire <laughs> he crushed it he crushes it i mean like from the impression to the uh the uh, enrique vasquez like in the classroom part I mean, and even like when he's telling the teacher, like, it was like, uh, nobody calls me Enrique. And the teacher it's says, just... my, my name, my name is kind of like Enrique. It, it's Richard. Yeah. <laughs> and Enrique is like, that would be Ricardo. I do like when the teacher says, what you, you, this attitude, you don't want to join clubs. Are you Groucho Marx? You don't want to be part of a club that would have you as a member. Mm-hmm. He says... Like don't at be the ashamed end, of who you are. Nobody should hate who they are. Because Ricky says, I don't hate the name Enrique. And then the teacher is like, I'm, I'm doing like the pausing that the teacher does. <laughs> he says, right. nobody should hate who they are. And he, you know, think if, if I were a track coach and I noticed you could run, like I would want you on my team. Like he sees potential in Ricky. And I don't think anybody has seen that yet in this school. Because God knows these teachers are like, one's dead in a ditch. One's like trying to find a husband in this school. We got the science teacher who's, I don't even know. And we finally have someone who who hasn't abandoned their family and not paid child support. Like, notice. (laughs) (laughs) Notice. Like a student. And sees a student and not in the way that I feel like they were implying in the beginning. Which I think is completely unnecessary. And I hope that they don't explore that um, uh, because it, I just didn't like the way that was handled. I mean, like it could just, why can't it just be a teacher that's like, that wants to get invested in this kid's life yeah. rather than like some teacher probably wants to fuck them, which I think yeah. is like, yeah, that, that's, that's like, not, I'm glad I wasn't the only person that had that read. I mean, yeah. I, mean I do watch a lot of like Law and Order SVU, but <laughs> Like watching it before this podcast, but I'm glad that like you saw it because I was like, when she said that, when the teacher's like, oh, I just made a fool of myself as she's like looking at Katimsky talking to Ricky, it just felt very weird. And like they were implying something that they didn't need to imply. It was unnecessary is what it was. I just didn't like it was this. Who cares? Also, Miss Lerner, come on. What are we doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. Go to go. I don't know. There's got to be some other place where you can meet a man. Right. Also, also, if like stuff like that happens in schools, it, like usually like human resource gets involved. That's how you lose your job. <laughs> I she's 
She was doing a lot. Doing a lot, doing a lot. So what I'm hoping for in the uh, future episodes is maybe, let me give me some Ricky and, uh, and Drama Club. That sounds kind of badass. <laughs> and uh, less of a, uh, it's very obvious because like, um follows like a trope in television that the obnoxious woman mm. in the cooking class and Graham either have something or they, they're implying that they eventually have something. Because, because the moment you know, he said, yeah, the moment he said obnoxious. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you don't come home and describe someone from your class to your like significant other as like, oh, this, this obnoxious woman, this loud woman. Oh, I definitely didn't get a boner when she was talking to me. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> settle down, Graham. Yeah, it was it was obvious that that was what was coming next. So I'm hoping we get none Less of that, of that. And, <laughs> and more of Ricky and Drama class. You know they're going to give us what we don't want. Of course they do. It's a fucking <laughs> you know TV show about us, white people. They're going to give us Graham <laughs> and this woman. And he's going to like, they're going to be the only two in this cooking class and he's going to like be behind her, like showing her how to chop a vegetable <laughs> or something. Like, it's going to so be like ghost. Yeah. <laughs> ghost, but in the kitchen, but in the kitchen, not Patrick Swayze in any way, shape or form. That's unfortunate. We're both Swayze people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Patrick Swayze. Well, that's a good place to end. Episode 12. I watched this episode twice. Same. I also listened to, uh, uh, <laughs> you, Buffalo you Tom. popped in your cassette. I, I popped in a cassette and I danced <laughs> around the apartment like I was in the 90s. So, this is a big episode for me. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk about it. It's so good to see you. And follow us on Instagram, No Season 2 Pod, because not to toot my own horn, but my graphic design skills are so good. They're pretty mage. They're pretty <laughs> mage. Also, like, people come out of woodwork with commenting. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm having some fun making some, yeah. like, collages for you people. So. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. And thank you for listening. It's been this has been a lot of fun. <laughs>